This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by... Austin-based company Naturally Hemp's and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD. What we're talking about here is the entourage effect. The entourage effect refers to the stronger effect you get when combining multiple cannabinoids together, as opposed to just CBD. Full-spectrum CBD, or CBD distillate, tends to be more potent and last longer, which is what we're talking about here. Unlike some other brands that use a spray-on CBD, Naturally Hemp CBD distillate is baked in, so you know you're getting the full dose with each gummy. I personally use them for all kinds of things, like sleep aid or muscle pain. And did I mention they taste great? They got five flavors. Uh, strawberry, green apple, lemon lime, watermelon, and get this, the orange flavor has vitamin C in it. Ooh. So... If this sounds like something you could go for, head over to your nearest Creative Sig vape shop and pick yours up today to see for yourself the difference Naturally Hemp's gummies can make in your life. The room was dark except for my lit cigarette. I look into my glass of scotch and I see the ice melting and crackling. The dame walked in. She says, I have a problem. I says, what do you need, Dollface? And she says, I need more, more headlock talk. Oh my goodness <laughs> oh goodness yes out of the internet over the airwaves and into your ears ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another rousing episode of headlock talk oh snap oh snap indeed <laughs> i am the texas gentleman tanner pruitt oh you mean humphrey bogart yes <laughs> the texas gentleman humphrey bogart yeah. no my name's tanner uh, texas gentleman tanner pruitt and you, of course, are the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Yes, of course. Hello. <laughs> hello, Stephen. Oh, hello. Well, uh, we have a, a treat for you. Uh, we're, we're covering uh, quite a few different bases here today. Yeah, Because yeah. it's been a quite an eventful week in the mm -hmm. world of wrestling. Uh, most important news, I believe, this week is uh, Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman. Big uh, news. Coming back to the WWE fold once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven, how do you feel about this news? I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Um, you know, who who knows what the future will hold? Uh, right. WWE plays their cards very close to the chest sometimes. Mm. Um, so, you know, th this could be a net good thing, could be a net bad thing. Uh, but I will say this: WWE is doing something different, uh, and that is always a pleasure to see. Yeah, I mean. I do have questions. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, you know, where's Triple H? Mm -hmm. You know, shouldn't he be running SmackDown or Raw? Uh, if that's the case, how much power do Bischoff and Heyman actually have? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's a lot that we could be, you know, looking at here. But um, I do agree with you. It is a very uh, refreshing turn of events, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, had a lot of time to... To think on this here, um, you know, Heyman, I definitely trust in, in running a show 
though he has a history. Uh, Eric Bischoff hasn't run a show in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. He's had success in the past. I hope he can replicate that here. I mean, it's it would be nice uh, to to see WWE do some good here this year. Absolutely, yeah. You know, it's you know, I know we've been really hard on WWE recently, um, but that's that's not coming from a place of malice uh, mm. at all. I love WWE and I want to see them succeed. Um, and so, just just getting this little piece of information, you know, it's. Who knows what the future is going to hold? Like you said, who knows how much power do they they really have over these shows? Uh, but I will say that I am uh, just generally excited for this uh, to see what they do with it. Definitely, definitely agree there. Um, no, I mean that's definitely the big story of the week mm-hmm. here in terms of WWE for sure. Uh, we also have New Japan starting next week at the G1, and we also have Fighter Fest that we're going to cover this episode here as well. Uh, but speaking of the G1, major news here, guys. Uh, Headlock Talk will have representation at the G1 t- uh, Climax 29 show in Dallas on Saturday. Oh, freaking snap. Indeed, sir. <laughs> Indeed. I'm very excited. Um, I hope that uh, Headlock Talk will continue to have... Uh, representation at G1 and other events in the future. This is big not only for us, but also for Brain Buster Radio. So if you haven't yet, please go and subscribe to Brain Buster Radio where you can listen to us every Tuesday as well as a bunch of other great lads and lasses uh, from all over the globe uh, who are producing great wrestling content for you, the listener. Um, And uh, we've got big things in the way of uh, uh, Brain Buster Original Press where you can read Articles from some, from some up and coming wrestling writers and journalists, uh, and also Brain Busta TV this summer. Mm-hmm. So you'll definitely get to see Steven and I having a good time yes. on your local Twitch station. So um, definitely very exciting for us. Uh, and that G1 show is going to be pretty off the chain. This whole G1 tournament looks off the chain, oh, Steven. Yeah. yeah, I mean. It, it looked crazy even just looking at block A and block B. Yeah. But now that they've actually laid out, like, hey, here's the matches that you're going to watch, Ugh. it's like, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, they they took my excitement and multiplied it, you know? Oh, for sure, man. I mean, are there some matches that stand out to you, Steven? Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, for, for me, you know, I'm obviously a big... Uh, fan of you know Will Ospreay, Zack Saber Jr. They're going to be having a match. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also Zack Saber Jr. versus Kenta, which I'm really looking forward to as well. Um, also Okada Kenta is going to be really really awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then John Moxley uh, is having a bunch of really solid matches in there as well. He's going to have one with Jay White, one with Jeff Cobb, and a few other people. Naito, Naito, yep. No, for sure. And and you know Block A is is full of murderers. Absolutely. I mean they're um, you know, you've got Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr. matchup. You've got uh, matchups with Okada and Ibushi, Ibushi and Kenta, Kenta and Okada, uh, Tanahashi's in the mix there. So, man, uh, yeah, Block A and, and Block B, for that matter, are uh, legit insane. And so any concerns that New Japan fans or just wrestling fans in general had for New Japan as far as losing Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and others uh, to AEW, I think those concerns have been quelled. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I do see uh, those concerns for sure. You know, those, those yeah. real big talent uh, leaving. Um, but I don't know, man. Lo- looking at this list, it's looking like New Japan's not skipping a beat. So Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we also... I mean, and I know that we've got a lot to cover this episode, um, but I mean, in terms of uh, just going to see live wrestling in general, uh, we had mentioned in weeks coming up and and, and before um, that we were we had gone and seen Wrestle Circus last weekend. Mm-hmm, indeed, Wrestle Circus. If you don't know, that's our local wrestling promotion here in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really good time. Oh, yeah. We, we had never been before. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a lot of really good talent there. And um, I don't know. I mean, 
since this was a, both of our first time going, and I, I know that we we try to go to wrestling whenever we can. I know this was the first time in a long time for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, what general kind of things do you feel uh, like comparatively between going to a live show itself and you know watching it on television, Stephen? Yeah, uh, I mean, really, the the main difference is just that you are you're so you're so f- way more focused when, when mm. you're in the live event, mm. uh, actually sitting there by the ring and, and watching it. Yeah. And you pick up on a lot of smaller things that you miss on, on TV because mm. you're watching it so, so closely. Mm. Um, you know, just like s- little small interactions with the crowd from some, from some of the uh, wrestlers, interactions between the wrestlers themselves. Uh, and, and you just, you get a, a much better picture of the entire match and the entire product that they're putting out as opposed to, okay, there was this slam and now we're cutting to this camera angle to look at this dude. And then we're cutting to this camera angle to look at this dude. It's way more so, here's the match. This is the event. You know, this is what you're experiencing. And uh, I I feel because of that, you you can kind of... uh, I don't really know what I'm trying to say here. I guess you can come to your own conclusion of the match a little bit better because mm-hmm. you have a more whole piece of it a whole, you know a bigger better example of the match no for sure and i mean for for me i definitely agree with all that and it just the environment is a lot more than what you would ever have sitting at home on the couch watching for sure you know i mean i get that maybe some people don't want to like maybe make the drive or you know hey i'm in a room full of a bunch of strange weird smelling people mm-hmm. you know <laughs> um but with that being said <clears throat> i think that going and seeing a wrestling event is is truly something to have and behold if you're a wrestling fan you know because there are all sorts of like-minded people um, if they're if it's a local show, you might have a chance to go and do maybe some meet and greets mm-hmm. um, with some of the talent there. Like we got to, we got yeah. to we got to meet a lot of cool people. Yeah, um, yeah, and that that was one of the biggest highlights for me uh, personally. You know, the 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 actual event itself was awesome. Yeah, uh, I think all the matches were really really great. Everyone put on a really good show, but the experience of being able to watch a wrestling show yeah. and then immediately go outside and talk to the wrestlers that were in that match that you love so much. Yeah. It, it, there's just no experience like it. it. It's just really, really captivating. Yeah, no. I mean, we, we got to, to meet Daga mm-hmm. and Aerostar, uh, Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard. Uh, Scorpio Sky. Yep. Scarlet Bordeaux. Scarlet Bordeaux. Uh, Peter Avalon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, private party, private party, yep. yeah, all great. Um, and the rascals were there, mm-hmm. which was really cool. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we had a really, really good time there. And uh, for what I will say is, um, if there is a show coming to you, definitely go and check it out. Don't hesitate and and sit on your hands and say, oh, okay, well, uh, maybe next time I'll go. Yeah, no, make make that commitment to yourself as a fan. Go with some friends. Go with uh, your significant other. Whatever. Make that commitment to go and have a good time. Enjoy yourself because it's always a good time. And support not only you know your local federation or your local uh, wrestling company, uh, but just support indie wrestling in general. You Absolutely, know, there's yeah. there's great independence all around the world. Be it you know uh, Rev Pro or um, Progress or PWG. Uh, I mean, there's a there's a million out there, mm-hmm. you know. So go support your local talent. You never know; you might come across the the next big thing. Absolutely, you know? yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I I highly recommend always being on the lookout for your local shows. Yeah, no, I, I had I had a fantastic time. It, it was a really really cool experience to to be able to go to, and uh, you know, it, it's a much more personal experience Mm -hmm. you know uh you know it's in a small venue it's a it's a relatively small crowd Mm -hmm. um you know wrestlers are responding to some things that people are yelling into the ring (laughs) um and yeah it's just a lot more uh personable for sure Uh, as opposed to you know maybe going to a a bigger promotion and getting like the the nosebleed seats Mm -hmm. and you know you you never really see the wrestlers you just kind of walk in sit in your seat watch some stuff happen and leave. Yeah. Uh, whereas with Wrestle Circus and, and some other independent promotions, you just get a, a much more um, real 
yeah. uh, kind of experience. V- very intimate setting. Yeah. And you get to enjoy, uh, you know, things like wrestling like that, that, that we enjoy every single day. Yeah. Um, so definitely was stoked about that. Can't wait to go back to Wrestle Circus. So big shout out to you guys, Wrestle Circus. Thank mm-hmm. you for having us there. Um, I mean, definitely excited to be going to G1, of course, as well. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be sick. Um, and, I mean, there's just so much going on in the world of wrestling right now. There yeah. really is. Like, there's a progress show going on right now. You know, so I can't wait to catch that next weekend sometime. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, just crazy good time. The, there's just, there's almost too much to talk about. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, we have big moves going on in WWE with Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, big stuff on the independent scene, obviously. Um, Fighter Fest. Fight. Yes. I mean, let's what a talk, time. Let's let's talk about it. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about Fighter Fest because um, I know that a lot of fans out there uh, that are WWE supporters may be on the fence about checking it out, mm-hmm. or or maybe we're on the fence about checking out um, All In, mm-hmm. um, or, or rather Double or Nothing for that matter. Because uh, maybe it was the price tag that kind of threw them off. Maybe it was, you know, uh, I'm not familiar with these people, you know. But this here, Fighter Fest, was a free show uh, available on Bleacher Report Live. Uh, all you had to do was, you know, uh, create a membership or, or create a, an account rather. There's no, doesn't cost anything. Uh, but um, Stephen, what did you think of of the show overall, man? Oh, it was great. Yeah, yeah, it, it was really great. Um, the pre-show uh, left a little bit to be desired, um, but to be honest, that's most pre-shows at this point, in, in my opinion. Um, but in, in terms of the main card itself, this was uh, really, really solid. I, I remember thinking, and I know we discussed this uh, in the car right over here, this was pretty much a takeover quality pay-per-view. Um, yeah. You know, you, you had really solid matches. The <laughs> I mean, the lowest star rating I gave was three and a half which is a very solid rating, and that was the quote-unquote worst match of the card. Right. You know, is that including pre-show, Stephen? Uh, no, that's that's main oh, card. Oh, main card. That's okay. main card. Got it, yeah. got it, got it. Only main card. Uh, I'll have some thoughts on the pre-show. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to ask you, um, mm-hmm. you know, d- yeah, you know, definitely get, get your initial thoughts on the show, but more specifically, how would you say this compares to Double or Nothing? Hmm... I th- I think that the undercard ended up being better with it being shorter, mm. like a shorter undercard, a smaller undercard. Uh, I mean, all in all, there was, what, one, two, six matches on the main card, mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty decent value, especially because all of these were um, longer or at least 10 minute, t- around the 10-minute marker longer. Um, so you really got your best bang for your buck. In all of this, and they did incorporate a lot of different talent in this as well. Yeah. Uh, so I was pretty pleased with that. Um, I mean, all in all, I mean, I think it was a really good show. I think that maybe Double or Nothing might have a slight edge in terms of match quality here and there because of the um, the the Cody versus Dustin Rhodes match was. Out of this world. Yeah. Um, the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks was also out of this world. Mm-hmm. And then Mox, uh, not Moxley, but um, <laughs> Jericho and Omega, and then Moxley's debut, mm-hmm. also great. You know, so, I mean, it's hard to compare the two, um, but I think just from top to bottom, I might actually even like this a little bit better. Really? Yeah. I think the match quality in Double or Nothing may have maybe may slightly outweighing this here. But top to bottom, this one I felt was was just as good, if not better. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. I th- I think with uh, Double or Nothing, they the bigger moments were uh, bigger, you know, yeah. uh, than this one. Um, but this I think is really the perfect example of the kind of the kind of pay per views we're going to be getting from AEW going forward. You know, Double or Nothing was you know, hey, we're here. Here's a bunch of crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Blah 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 blah. Uh, Whereas Fighter Fest was more so, hey, here's some crazy talented people that are going to have some really good matches. No, of you course, know? it 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 felt more 
about the wrestling than Double or Nothing did. Um, not that Double or Nothing had bad matches per, or anything, but like you said, the the match quality of Double or Nothing was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a little bit more emphasis on um, like fanfare and, and kind of just big non wrestling moments uh, in Double or Nothing, whereas with this one, it was just here's some solid wrestling. No, absolutely, and and I think that I mean. Th- this show wasn't free of criticism. I mean, there's obviously things that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but overall, it was a great show. And that, and that all really started off here uh, with uh, the best friends, which is Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, um, uh, defeating SoCal Uncensored, uh, with, which was uh, comprised of Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian uh, and Private Party. Um, and though the best friends came away with the wins, the real stars of the show here for me was Private Party. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I, I think when when you look at these uh, three different talents or groups of talent, I, I guess um, the best friends in SoCal Uncensored are a little bit more established than Private Party. Mm-hmm. So going into this match, you're you're expecting a solid show from both of those teams. Absolutely. Um, but then Private Party comes out and holds their own and then some with people who have proven that they know what they're doing and uh so yeah i definitely agree with you private party came out here looking like stars uh keeping up with them you know without even a skip uh it was it was a really well thought out match and it flowed really really well as well yes very high energy here um loved just just about everything uh that that this match comprised of I actually end up giving this uh, tag match in the opener uh, four stars. I really, really liked it. I also gave it four stars. It was a really super solid opening. Absolutely. And that's where a lot of people said the fun ended on the pre-show, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, The next match, uh, Allie defeated uh, Liva Bates, uh, who was accompanied to the ring with Peter Avalon. Um so we did a bit of like outreach to try and see what the WWE to AEW crossover would be fan wise. Mm-hmm. Like who's like a diehard WWE person who's now watching AEW or is or tuned in to, to Fighter Fest tonight. Um, what did you like? What did you dislike? A lot of um, feedback was about this whole librarian kind of thing mm-hmm. here that that Leva Bates and uh, Peter Avalon have. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I really dig Peter Avalon and Leva Bates, at, you know, for that matter. Yeah. Um, but just something's just not catching with that librarian gimmick. Yeah, I mean, they, I feel like they could have done it better. Um, that being said, I, I'm not sure, like, any specific examples that would make it better. Right. But, I mean, it, it would have been better than just shushing every, you know, three <laughs> minutes. Uh, it, of course. And that's almost, it, it was the shushing and then Peter Avalon reading out, outside the ring. That mm-hmm. though, Those were really the only things that sold the whole librarian bit. Um, I don't necessarily think that uh, the librarian is a good gimmick, uh, right. really, really for anybody. Um, but, you know, the, the match is what it is. Uh, there were some solid moves. Allie did look strong. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I love seeing Peter Avalon. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorites. Uh, so it was good seeing him in there. I just think that the the whole librarian gimmick was to the detriment mm-hmm. of the match. Um, I don't know if they just didn't plan it out as well or or mm. or what it is, but it, it was a fine match. Yeah, I mean, well, this is uh, this is what you would typically see from like a a women's match on Raw or SmackDown, right? Right. Um, nothing too crazy to jump out of your seat with. Mm. Uh, the librarian thing definitely irks me, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, that's neither here nor there. Um, I mean, everybody's got different tastes for this. I'd give this one about two stars. It, mm. it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea. Yeah. But, you know, it was there, and, and it happened. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sticking right in the two and a half to three stars range. Um, I'm not as hard on it as some people that I've seen online. I, I don't think that the librarian... Like, I'm trying to put it into words. The... The librarian bit wasn't for me, but mm-hmm. it didn't like destroy the match quality. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I still think it was a solid match. I did initially give it three stars. Um, I'm sticking in the two and a half to three star range. I'm not going to pick one. Oh, Fight me. Three stars. Two and a half to three stars. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> Tanner doesn't like that one. Hey, I mean, <laughs> hey, it's to each his own, man. Man, to I'm giving a own. star just for Peter Avalon at this point. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I guess there you go then, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Yeah. Um, Listen to our uh, BBR episode yeah, on, on, on Tuesday. On Tuesday, uh, one of my if wishes were fishes fixes this storyline so just uh, <laughs> uh a little teaser treat for all yeah. of you headlock talk fans out there yeah look out for that look out for that and subscribe <laughs> to burying buster radio there's Absolutely. a lot of really cool things happening there um you know so uh follow them at brain buster radio there's they're gonna have uh, we have links uh to any uh source that you listen to podcasts on and then of course also brain buster original press where you can you know check out New ambitious wrestling writers, uh, and then also uh, Brain Busted TV coming this summer. Yep, it's very exciting. Um, tell me about Michael Nakazawa and Alex Jabaley here. Uh, yeah, it was a match. Yeah, it was a match. I mean, look, I I I kind of feel this way about this match, like you do about the Ali and Leva Bates match, mm. right? Um, so like. I like it for what it is as right. as a comedic hardcore match. Mm-hmm. Is it for everybody? Absolutely not. Right, right. Um, a bit concerning uh, that that you have Alex Jabaley, a a non trained performer out there um, wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I mean, nothing ever occurred that absolutely like I don't know took me out of the match I guess for sure yeah I mean there was uh there was one specific bump uh that that I'm thinking of it was a some sort of pile driver uh by Alex Jabaley onto Michael Nakazawa and Nakazawa just fell directly on his head it, it wasn't too bad of a bump but I did notice it um I mean my thoughts on this match you know it's it, it is what it is it's a, it's a funny match uh I'm not gonna take. I'm not gonna knock it too much because it is on the pre-show. Mm. Um, I, I've said in the past I'm not the biggest fan of the concept of pre-shows. Personally, uh, I I would rather them just be like, hey, here's here's the the six matches we want you to see. This is Fighter Fest, as opposed to here's the six matches. Oh, but here's here's three of them that you know you can watch if you want to. Yeah, I I, I firmly believe in. Uh, Standing behind your product 100 percent and putting it on the pre-show, I kind of feel like doesn't do that. But that's mm. neither here nor there. But right. uh, I I do want to say this: props to Jabaley for being in a hardcore match. You're not a wrestler, and a lot of wrestlers won't even go into hardcore matches. So props to you, sir. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. I ended yeah. up giving this one two and a half stars. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah, I also gave this two and a half. Uh, I do think that if this one had stuck around maybe the six to seven minute mark, it would have came off a lot better. Um, It kind of started to drag towards the end of it. Um, But yeah, it is what it is. Mm, No, absolutely. And I mean, it's, um, I mean, I'll say this and, 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 you know, if you listen to our episode on Tuesday, I'm going to reiterate it, but I feel like if you just took the first match just make the pre-show half an hour. Do the first match where there's actually stipulation. I mean, remember here, the winner of that three-way tag team match uh, would be advancing to All Out, uh, which is on August 31st, and have an opportunity uh, at a first-round bye in the tag team championship tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they get to kind of cut in line a little bit there at the tournament. But, you know, um, I thought that it was a spectacular match. Just make the pre-show half an hour, do this match, lead in with some video packages, hype up the other matches on the card, bada-bing, bada-boom, it's done. For sure. You can still have these other two matches to heat up the crowd before you start taping, but that's just me. Yeah. No, I mean, I pretty much agree with that. Um, The concept of pre-shows is, uh, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. But, heading into the main card here... Uh, Shima uh, defeated Christopher Daniels in a singles one-on-one match here. Um, and I thought it was pretty snazzy. Oh, yeah. Solid match. Super solid match. The The thing that stood out for me uh, the most here was obviously, you know, both these guys are veterans. Yes. Uh, and it showed in the ring. Yeah. The 
the variety of moves mm. that they were able to pull off was crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't I don't think they repeated the same move twice. Like the entire no. match. It was crazy. Yeah, they they're very, very good. Um I mean <laughs> I don't remember who it was on commentary, but like it may have been JR, mm. I think, at this point. Because he wasn't with the commentary team the whole time. Yeah, he came on uh for he the wasn't main there show. for the pre show. Yeah, he yeah. came on for the main show. Yeah. But um I think he said something like, Yeah, he's been in the business over twenty five years and he said over a thousand matches. Uh, I, I mean, he's probably had well over a thousand matches. He's probably had close to maybe three or four thousand matches. Yeah, you know, being in you know the business for that long. Absolutely. So a bit strange there. Shima, of course, a big veteran himself. Um, both these guys showed a lot of class here and a lot of respect at the end of the match, mm-hmm. and it made Shima definitely look strong going up against um, Kenny Omega uh, for um, Fight for the Fallen. For sure. So yeah. what I, what I thought was another cool thing about this match is even though Shima won, Christopher Daniels looks super solid. Yes, and, and I even though he lost, I do still think that this made him look really good. No, you yeah, know? no, I absolutely agree on that for sure. Um, I ended up giving this about three stars. I gave this one four stars actually. Wow. Yeah, really, really solid match. Uh, the the main thing for me that that pushed it over to the four star range was just the crazy variety <clears throat> of moves that that they were able to pull out and just they they didn't stagnate at all and just kept going the entire time. Huh. It was really really solid. Wow, that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty that's interesting, Steve. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty high rating. Yeah. This is a pretty <laughs> solid match. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you there, man. Um let me see here. I've got next up on the card, Riho uh, defeated Yuka Sakazaki and Nyla Rose here. Story of this match here, Nyla Rose is a monster, but she's also fairly green. So mm-hmm. whenever she did take on the opportunities to really close the match, she uh, she didn't. Uh, she just didn't. Yeah, I mean, she got, reason she, got, uh, she got cocky. Yep. Um, she got uh, confident, a little bit, a little bit too confident, tried to play to the crowd a little bit too much, and... Uh, that was to her detriment and gave Rio and Yuka, depending on <laughs> which time you're talking about in the match, but gave Rio and Yuka time to, you know, gather themselves and come up with a game plan uh, to taking her down. I think the the best thing about this match was the story that it told and how, uh, you know, Rio and, and Yuka, both very solid competitors in their own right, but uh, look at the size difference between the two of them and Nyla, mm-hmm. you know. And so the match told a really good story of the two underdogs having to team together to take down the big dog, and then eventually, once you know the big the big dogs taken care of, they can uh, kind of settle their score or whatever. No, yeah, um, and and Riho and, and and Yuka are supremely talented. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the back and forth that they had, and then there were some just great sequences between all three of them. Nyla Rose got to uh, give us some displays of strength mm-hmm. uh, during the match, which was crazy. There was a uh, a double body slam at one point, yes, which was cool. Um, I ended up giving this one about four stars, Stephen. Uh, so I actually gave this one three and a half. Huh, three okay. and a half, yeah. Three and a half. Um, it, it told a really good story. Uh, I do think that the match kind of chugged along uh, towards the middle of it. Um, Really towards the parts where, uh, you know, Nyla Rose could have ended the match if she wanted to and then just didn't. Um, I I do understand that they're telling a story there, Mm. but it kind of made the flow of the match a little strange at points. Mm. Uh, That being said, though, it's still a really solid match. Three and a half stars is, you know... Good rating. It's a good rating. Uh, So, yeah. Um, Yeah. Next up we had, uh, I know one of your favorites here, Adam Page... Uh, defeated Jimmy Havoc, Jungle Boy, uh, who was accompanied with Luchasaurus <laughs> and MJF. Yeah. Uh, prior to the match, MJF comes out and cuts a killer promo, mm-hmm. a scathing promo on the the, the audience there uh, attending Fighter Fest. Yeah. I mean, uh, he is such a good heel. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah. I I don't even really know specifically what it is about MJF that that I really like. He he's almost like a good, and I this is gonna sound mean, but he's like a good EC three. 
where where it's huh. like I'm better than you, and I, I think he sells it a little bit more, uh, a, a little bit better than than maybe EC3. Um, I don't know, man. He's he's just awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I think he's actually a couple notches above EC3. I think EC3 unfortunately has diminished mm-hmm. uh, based on his his coming to WWE or his return to WWE for that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, MJF is like a throwback to all of the great heel talkers of like the '80s and early '90s for sure, which yeah. is which is awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and it's all because he's better than you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what it always comes back to, uh, which is just stupendous heel work. Uh, the story continues with him and Adam Page. Mm-hmm. Um, Havoc and, and Jungle Boy were there to, you know, obviously add to the mayhem. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, there's some great Jungle Boy spots. And um, <laughs> I, I really like the idea of uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and doing some tag team work in the for future. sure yeah and, and they did show a little bit a little bit of the ugh, a little bit of that in this match uh, there was one point where uh, Jungle Boy was on the apron outside of the ropes and someone you know gave him a, a really uh, MJF actually gave him a really solid punch and he he fell backwards off the apron but Luchasaurus <laughs> caught him by his knees and, yeah. and pulled him back up and had <laughs> almost this like. Uh, uh, Jack in the Box? Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Yeah. Uh, Not the restaurant. No. The toy. The toy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, man, the, this match was just really, really solid. Uh, the the thing I loved about this match in particular was that I feel like this was the first match where uh, the, the canon of AEW and the storylines that they set up with Double or Nothing uh, really came to fruition in this match. Mm. And... and uh, you know, with the tag team of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, and you know Jungle Boy riding Luchasaurus <laughs> out to the ring, and then the continuation of Adam Page and MJF's rivalry, 100%. It, it just not only was it a super solid match, but they did extremely well with selling. Hey, this is what AEW is going to kind of look like. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, and they, I think that this. This match here and, and the next match also, uh, well, and and the other two matches of course too. Yeah. What what Fighter Fest I think altogether displayed, and I think the theme throughout the show is, look at how deep AEW is, particularly also in the mid card. Yeah. You know AEW has a deep mid card with all with high threshold uh, potential. Mm-hmm. You know uh, any one of these guys could absolutely main event. And um, you know, it, I think it's uh, I think it speaks volumes for AEW's quality, absolutely, especially going forward to uh, TNT this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you rate that one? This one here. Let me open up my notes. Uh, I actually gave this one four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. Four and a quarter stars. Pretty close. Four and a quarter. Four and a half. Mm-hmm. We're, we're both in that range. Okay. You gave. You said you gave it four and a half. Give four and a half. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, this was a good match for sure, um, especially with it being a free show. Mm. You know, um, Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen. Mm. Uh, lots has been made of this match. A lot's yeah. been talked about in this match here. Um, the real story is Darby Allen presents a challenge to Cody Rhodes uh, that Cody's really not familiar with here. Uh, you know, Darby's. Uh, he kind of played heel at some in some aspects just because of how over Cody was. Mm. But I mean, the crowd more and more bought into Darby as the match progressed, mm. uh, just because of Darby's never say die attitude. Right, right. Um, that that was one thing that was kind of weird in this match for me is um, it really wasn't clear who was the heel and who was the face. Mm. And, and I feel like it almost even changed uh, in different parts of the matches depending on you know who had the momentum right. at, at any given time. So it was kind of weird to see that. Even the crowd was kind of uh, confusing me at, at some points because they're like, yeah, Cody! And then, and then Darby comes in and punches Cody in the face and they're like, yeah, Darby! It's just like, okay, cool, I understand both of these guys are cool, but let's... Uh, I don't know, let's pick a side here. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and Darby brought out this 
this body bag at one point, and that got used in the match. That was that. Mm, um, I really didn't like that. Co- Cody was taking off his belt and using it on Darby Allen. Um, the match actually ended in a time limit draw, and I think that was something interesting because if you paid attention while watching the show, um, you'll hear somebody over the loudspeaker say. Ten minutes, you mm-hmm. know, uh, remaining in the match, or five minutes remaining in the match. Um, so this one went the full twenty minutes. Yep. Um, Cody was rushing to try and pin Darby in any way, shape, or form, uh, and Darby was just again never say die, mm-hmm. um, and the match ended up expiring as a draw. Yep. I do want to talk about that time limit uh, real quick, just super quick, because mm. uh, I actually really like that. I, I think it adds a really, really cool layer to the match, um, especially you know with um, with SmackDown moving to Fox and mm-hmm. and Fox execs saying, "Hey, we want like a more competitive, more sporting sporting kind of event." Mm-hmm. I, I think just even just that that little bit of announcing that there is a time limit, announcing that. Hey, it's been going for ten minutes. Hey, we have two minutes left. That goes a really long way in selling the match as a sporting event. Mm-hmm. You know, no, truly, and I, and I think it just adds a different element to AEW entirely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that we do see in New Japan, of course, but here stateside, we don't really tend to see that a whole lot. So, right. and I think it, it, like you said, it, in a more or less a sporting type environment, this is something that could happen. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, I, I really do like that addition. Uh, I would hope to see maybe Darby and Cody have another match in the future, maybe uh, build upon this foundation that they've had here. Um, the uh, the aftermath of this match, though, um, Sean mm-hmm. Spears, formerly known as Ty Dillinger, comes out to the ring, former tag partner of Cody mm-hmm. uh, from way, way back in the day. Um Hits Cody with an unprotected unprotected chair shot to the head, um, which was a bit grim. Yeah. Um, at at the risk of sounding like a broken record, I'd I'd rather not see that. We've come a long way. We know what brain damage is. Yeah. We know what CTE is. Mm-hmm. We know that there's a lot of talent out there. Uh, you know whether it's from the Attitude Era beforehand, whatever. Um, that their lives are changed forever because of how they treated their bodies and if they took these chair shots to the head. Is it a cool visual for us fans at home? I'm sure. But nobody is a wuss for, you know, not wanting to see a chair shot to the head like that. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, this one in particular was really, really rough too, you know, just because it... I don't know if Cody's hands were supposed to be up. I'm assuming they were. Um, but it also just straight up looked like Cody didn't see it coming and, yeah. and that he kind of just glanced over and then got hit with a chair yep. and uh, really didn't have any time to prepare himself or anything like that. And also, he didn't hit him square in the circle of the steel chair. He would hit him with the side of the chair where the metal starts to bend over and is, you know, obviously a little harder. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it was just really, really rough. They did also show the replay of it uh, like three or four times more than they should have. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 when I first saw it, I thought it was kayfabe. And I, and I thought it was not for real, and I thought Cody was the you know the best salesman uh, <laughs> ever. Uh, right. And then it came out that you know it was supposed to happen, but not like that. Right. And now I just feel way worse. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, I believe like different reports I read it was like tw- six to twelve staples, which is you know, I mean that's a lot. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, and other people said like, oh well, you know, he got hit in the back of the, you know, on on the other side of the head. Why is he bleeding on on you know the opposite side? Well, the the, the chair, the way that it worked was it, it the laceration appeared to be a, a wraparound one, so. Mm. Uh, when Cody took it, the laceration went kind of across his head, uh, the back of his head, so it kind of worked its way around to the other side anyway. So when he's laying down on the canvas one way, the, the blood just simply pulled to the yeah. other side. There's also a lot of, you know, he's laying on the canvas, there's a lot of pressure right yep. there, and, you know, that, that could cause bleeding in that area as well. Yeah. I mean, just, just kind of grim overall. I mean... Uh, 
I will say this is going to build some intensity for whatever match that Cody and Sean Spears have. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm confident that that's going to be the, the next singles program for Cody. Mm. But, um, yeah, uh, I would rather not see another chair shot. For sure. Uh, like that, um, you know, <laughs> in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, that, that chair shot aside, um, everything before that in this match was mm-hmm. solid. Um, I, I do think that they could have sold the story of Cody and Darby a little bit better. Uh, also think that the the constant heel face turn like happening yeah. uh, like in real time was, was super strange. But... Super solid moves. Both guys really know what they're doing. Uh, I I initially gave this a four-star rating, yeah. uh, and I'm going to stick to that. I, I really think it was a super solid match, and I don't want to take away from the match just because of what happened directly after. Mm. I, I I gave it just slightly less. I gave it three and three-quarter. Um, still, like you said, very solid, very good match. Not disappointed at all in it. Mm. Could it have been a bit more exciting in parts? Yes, but I I think that was to the story of the match. They wanted it to be Darby Allen it can take anything that Cody had to dish out for sure. Um, so I think that's kind of where they're coming from there. And I can get, I can see that for sure. Uh, the Elite, uh, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson came out in a Street Fighter outfits. Mm-hmm. Uh, to take on the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr., and Ray Phoenix, as well as the Laredo Kid. Um, so, uh, the Elite went over here. Um, great match, over 20 minutes long. Yeah. Um, I really, really did like this match a lot. The only criticism that I have, mm-hmm. and I just have one, is I personally think that Kenny Omega should have lost here. Mm-hmm. I think that it could have gone a long way for the Lucha Brothers to give him that package pile driver stomp combo or, or, or some form or variant of it. And Kenny loses this one, makes him snap a little bit further. You know, that would explain maybe his actions later in the night. Mm. Maybe he also loses to Shima at Fight for the Fallen. And then he loses again to, you know, John Moxley at uh, All Out. Yeah. Um, I think that him losing all like all these matches here, it doesn't diminish Kenny no. by any stretch of the imagination. If you are watching AEW, more likely than not, you already are very familiar with who Kenny Omega is. Right. But I do like the idea of maybe him rising above these all these first initial losses and all of this upheaval, mm-hmm. moving to the states, joining a new company facing competition, all this other stuff, right? Um, that's just me being super nitpicky. Right. I do think that the Luchas, uh, the t- Team Lucha deserved the win here, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely agree with all that. Um, you know, if if you guys know Kenny Omega, <laughs> a, a couple losses aren't going to diminish his reputation. You know, he he's one of the best in the business if not the best and everyone knows that yeah so I, I definitely see where you're coming from especially coming to you know Lucha Brothers are coming to AEW as you know semi-unknowns you know to a certain degree yeah to, to a degree I mean when you compare them to Kenny Omega though right you know no, yeah. c- compared to Kenny Omega so I, I definitely can see uh, you know I think it probably would have been better if the Lucha Bros did go over here um and you know, I don't. I saw a couple people talking about this online. I don't want to see AEW uh, have like all of the elite just winning all yeah. the time, yeah. every single time. S- some some form of nepotism, perhaps, yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, you know, um, favoritism. But you know, that being said, it, it still was a really, really awesome match. Oh, yeah. There was some crazy synchronized tag moves going on from both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, Super kicks galore, V triggers galore. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of really cool stuff. There was a uh, the Hadoken spot. <laughs> I thought that was super awesome. Uh, I'm I'm a huge gaming fan, so that was really cool to see. Um, I mean, there there's not much negative to to say about this match. You know, if you really want to nitpick, you can say yeah, the the Lucha Bros should have gone over, but 
whatever way you shake it, in my opinion, it's still a four and a half star match. Yeah, I, I agree. I also gave it four and a half, so mm-hmm. it was really, really solid. Yeah. Um, main event time: John Moxley, Joey Janela, man, non-sanctioned match. Um, I, f- I felt like, like this could have been like a blow off mm. or or the beginning of something even bigger between these two. Um, you know, just kind of the way the match panned out. I can see uh, because John Moxley pulled it all, pulled out all the stops, and so did Joey Janela for that matter. You know, um, crazy spots, jumping off of ladders, going through tables, barbed wire everywhere, mm-hmm. thumbtacks, power bombs into thumbtacks, power, uh, yeah. all sorts of craziness. Yeah, um, no, th- this was uh, this was a great match. Let, yeah. let me just get that out of the way. It was a really, really great match. I know some some people don't like the deathmatch style. Some people like it a little bit more than others. Uh, <laughs> me personally, I love deathmatches. They're really fun to see. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I and, like it when people die. And thank you, John Moxley and Joey Janela, for putting your bodies through this for this piece of entertainment for us because it was freaking awesome. Yeah, all of you guys need to get well soon. Yeah, like, seriously. Yeah. One thing that was cool about this match is uh, I actually had um, my dad watching. Uh, with me, nice. he he missed part of the the main event, uh, but he watched the first maybe like five ten minutes of it, right? No, that's cool. And man. Uh, my dad was born in 1965, so he mm-hmm. and he's been watching wrestling his entire life. So he he's he comes from ECW, WCW, Attitude Era, all that stuff. And uh, throughout this entire card, he kept saying, "Oh, that reminds me of WCW. Oh, yeah. that reminds me of ECW." You yeah. know, and. Uh, this match in particular definitely reminded me a lot of ECW days and mm-hmm. and more hardcore old school matches, which I can really appreciate. Um, especially the uh, the thumbtacks bit that like screams ECW for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of crazy stuff here, man. I, and like I said, I think this could have gone either as um, of the blow off to a, a big feud. Or, heaven forbid, the beginning of something even crazier mm-hmm. between these two. I don't think that the story is finished just yet. I think Joey Janela can tell uh, even more story based on him taking the loss here to John Moxley. Moxley looks strong in victory. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Kenny comes out and attacks Moxley after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of some payback from uh, Double or Nothing. And uh, this is setting up the feud quite nicely between the two. Oh, yeah. Uh, me personally... I'm hoping uh, that, uh, well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this later. I still have some extra thoughts on it. Ooh, okay. okay. Actually, actually, uh, let's talk about it now. Why not? Okay. All right. Are we, are we still on this match? Or? I mean, do you do you have anything left to say? We need to give ratings. Oh, okay. I gave this four and a half. Four and a half? Okay. I gave this four and three quarters. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, there, there wasn't... So usually when I give a, a match five stars, I'm looking for one moment that just makes me, like, freak out, you know? And mm. not that there weren't a bunch of freak out moments in this match, but everything was so crazy that there wasn't one moment that was crazy over the top. Uh, so I didn't give it the full five, but watch this match. Yeah. Watch this match. For a, for a hardcore match, this was very, very, very good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and speaking of all of this here, uh, uh, Stephen, hmm. uh, I, I've got this wetsuit on. You see? Oh, I see. Yes, had um, it on for a few hours. I, here. I, I, yeah, I, I put it on this morning. I figured we were gonna go, you know, take a ride in the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, put on uh, our snorkels. Yeah, and uh, take a dive here into if wishes were fishes. <laughs> It's deeper than water. Yep. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> We're working on getting a soundboard, we promise. <laughs> For now, you'll have to deal with us. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, you've dealt with us so far, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, so, If Wishes Were Fishes yes. is a fun game. If you've never listened to us before, we each take turns making wishes... And the other one will grade them in terms of fishes. Indeed. Yes. Quite silly. Quite silly. But, but we have fun. Yeah, but it's, it is a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I'll start off this one here. Okay. Uh, speaking of John Moxley, ah. if wishes were fishes, 
at All Out, John Moxley breaks Kenny Omega. Oh. Like, absolutely just tears him apart. He becomes just this animal, and, you know, kind of like how we've seen him in New Japan recently, uh, John Moxley. Absolutely rips Kenny apart. Um, and he does it. He doesn't even have to use weapons. He just does it with his own physicality and just brutalness. I think I think Moxley has this one over on Kenny. Okay. So yeah. I just really want to see what would happen if Moxley just tore Kenny apart and maybe Kenny has to go into some deep reserves to try and find his way through the, the title hunt. Ah, demon Kenny Omega. I mean, no, maybe. <laughs> I mean, he'll, maybe still a face, but still, like, you know, he goes to a dark place. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, and we did see a little bit of that, uh, possibly at the end of the last the night. Joe Janela match. Yeah. yeah. No, I can see that. I, li- I like that wish. And, you know, John Moxley is freaking awesome. So yeah. going over on Kenny Omega would be really great. Um, and uh, sawing him in half. Will you, if you will. What? Uh, so I'm gonna give you <laughs> four Warsaw groupers. Oh, for that. look at that! Yeah, that's it was a, for the segue. Yeah, that's a crazy looking fish. Yeah, I heard you were you were confused about the saw segue. It's a Warsaw grouper. Warsaw grouper. Oh, yeah, okay. It looks like that. Maybe he's like a Polish fish. Sure. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so for my wish, uh, my first wish. Um, so we've talked a lot about Lucha Brothers and just how freaking awesome they are in the ring. They and, really are. And really, you know, you put anyone with them. You know, in this case, it was Laredo Kid. Uh, you put anything with them, and they can get a good match with anybody and out of anybody. Hmm. Um, but I would love to see them fight each other. Ooh. So if wishes were fishes at, I don't even know what pay-per-view, just some pay-per-view, uh, you get Pentagon Jr. versus Ray Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely do that. Um, just make it like a you know respect match. I mean, I've seen them have matches against each other before, mm-hmm. which is... But I haven't. But you have, <laughs> right? Um, so, I mean, I do like the idea of them... Um, competing against each other they have had spectacular matches before mm-hmm. right um so i really enjoy every time that they get stepped in the ring with each other both guys are supremely talented by yeah. the way yeah um you know pentagon obviously does pentagon's thing and uh phoenix is probably one of the best talents to come out of mexico possibly ever mm. uh, the things that that guy can do aerially or on the ropes you know, he's just uh, he's just spectacular. Um, so, with that said, uh, I need to get you uh, some kind of Mexican fish, perhaps. Ah, yes. I see, I see. Um, that would be fitting. Yes, absolutely. Oh. So, uh, in honor of that, I'm going to give you this tasty-looking uh, juvenile midnight damselfish. Ooh, that thing is pretty. Yes, yes, it is. Nice. Uh, it's it's a very rare sight, which means that uh, because this match would be very rarely displayed, you know, uh, it not only is rare but beautiful as well. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> I like it. What you got for me, Tanner? Um, we you brought up the Lucha Bros. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna bring up the Lucha Bros. We're big fans of Lucha Bros. If you couldn't tell. Yes. <laughs> yes. Zero zero. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, uh, uh, like I said, I was disappointed that the elite went over on the on Team Lucha last night. Right. However, I want to see some comeuppance. Right. I think and this may just be me, but I think that the Lucha Bros will finally get one over on the Young Bucks in the hunt for the AEW Tag Team Titles and eliminate the Young Bucks out of the tournament at some point. I okay. think that uh, whether that's for the titles in the finals, semis, quarters, however which way they're going to build up this tournament, but I do believe the Lucha Bros uh, can and should uh, have a seat at the table for consideration, not only to be the first AEW Tag Team Champions, but uh, to go over the Young Bucks in the process. I think it's 
it's high time that uh, Young Bucks put the Lucha Brothers over. For sure, yeah. No, I definitely think it's important that the Elite is getting put over now and, and getting the the foundation laid for you know who's going to be the, the big guys or whatever. But I do think that the Lucha Bros are the right tag team to uh, to defeat the Young Bucks finally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I really like that match. Um, that wish, I should say, or <laughs> group of thoughts. Thoughts, yeah. <laughs> uh, so for that one, I'm going to give you six Spanish mackerels. Ooh. Spanish because Lucha Bros speak Spanish. Absolutely. Nailed it. And, and, and <laughs> wouldn't it be something, you know, I mean, if, if – AEW is in the hunt for potential free agents like LAX or uh, the impending possible arrival of the revival. I knew you were going to do that. You know. <laughs> oh man, that was a tongue twister. It was good. Um, you know, I mean, that just makes. But what if they just matches. call themselves the arrival? That instead would be, of the revival, that would be hilarious. That'd be fantastic. I, I would, I would dig that for sure. <laughs> In fact, if that's wishes probably, were fishes, they're called the no, I'm just yeah. <laughs> the, the revival calls themselves the arrival when they get to AEW. Oh, that's really specific. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, like the tag team talent that AEW has is going to be fantastic. It's stupid. Like yeah. their yeah. roster is stupid. Yeah. If AEW gets the revival and LAX at some point in the near future, it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. They're, I mean, their their tag team division is going to be untouchable. Yeah, really. Um, all right, so for, for my last wish, uh, this one's going to be just a pretty straightforward one. I really think these guys would put on a super, super solid match together, and they're very similar in size. Uh, oh. If wishes were fishes, Jungle Boy and Darby Allen would have a match uh, very soon. Very soon. Huh. Yes. Interesting. Yes, I could see that happening. I think that I think that, that might be to more of Jungle Boy's advantage mm. on this one here. He seems to be able to take on just about anybody and everybody. Um, you know, though at the same time, I mean, Darby Allen's never say die. So, yeah. yes, that's, a, that's See, certainly my, a fine wish. My thought process for this is uh, that you kind of have it similar to the storyline that you played out between the Cody-Darby Allen match, where, you know, Cody's just giving him everything and Darby Allen keeps coming back from the dead or whatever. Um, but with Cody, you know, he has a, a, a little bit more of a you know, hard-hitting kind of style. Whereas with Jungle Boy, he's very much flying all over the place, you know, kind of just putting everything on the line. And you can kind of have a cool dynamic with the storyline where, like, you know, Jungle Boy's giving him everything. He's he's flying off of ladders. He's doing all this crazy stuff, and Darby Allen just won't go down, you know? Yeah, or, I mean, you could even, you could even make it the opposite. Mm. Darby Allen's doing everything possible because Darby Allen's also pretty crazy mm-hmm. and Jungle Boy just wouldn't go down so yeah. I mean I could see it going in a lot of different uh, ways this is a match that would never happen on WWE oh, probably not two, no. two tiny guys no way um, I'm probably going to mispronounce this here but I really do like this wish I believe in you I'm going to give you three uh, Yuho Red Lip Parrotfish yeah sounds like you nailed it Uho 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 Yuho. Yuho. Miho. Miho. Wait, why does it say initial phase? What the hell does this... He, he evolves like a Pokemon. He's <laughs> a real life Pokemon. Uhu red lip parafish. Uhu. Initial phase. That's really unsettling. I feel like this fish is going to take over the world once he reaches his final phase. It's, it's possible. <laughs> just like that match. Maybe once it reaches its final phase, there it's going to be just melting faces. There you go. <laughs> that was a great If Wishes Were Fishes. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah, I had a good time. <laughs> it's <was> fun. <laughs> well, um, Steven, is there anything else that we need to cover this week? Hmm. Ricochet had a good match on Raw with AJ. Ricochet had a great match. Uh, so, so that could be a potential big feud there, AJ yeah. and Ricochet. Yeah, I'd be down for that for sure. Yeah. I mean, my my wishes semi coming true from last week. Uh, Ricochet, you know, is on the start of coming back from his weird booking. He's now the United States champ, so that's always nice to see. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll we'll just have to see where that goes. Samoa Joe possibly taking on Kofi. Mm. Undertaker randomly came back. 
good for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy stuff in the world of wrestling right now, and it's only going to get even crazier. Yeah. So you know what y'all need to do this is to stay tuned with us here at Headlock Talk. Every week we drop episodes either on Sunday or Monday. And then, of course, you can also find us now on Brain Buster Radio. Uh, just go to their Twitter at Tuesdays. on Tuesdays. Yep. Tuesdays in Texas with Brain Buster Radio. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you can follow uh, Brain Buster, uh, which is B-R-A-I-N-B-U-S-T-A, Brain Buster Radio on Twitter at Brain Buster Radio. Uh, and then you can find links there to subscribe. So that way you can catch us and other great lads and lasses each and every week. Uh, in each and every day, daily episode drops. Yep. Um, so there's that. There's uh, Brain Bust Original Press for new authors of wrestling content. Uh, there's going to be Brain Bust TV this summer, which is going to be great. Um, and then, obviously, of course, you can always catch us here on our main Headlock Talk channel. Uh, like I said, Sundays and Mondays on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Podbean, and Google Play. Uh, so uh, definitely keep track there. Um, you know, and then hit us up on our Twitter mm-hmm. at Headlock Talk. Yep. Yep. For for like you were noting um, previously, for business inquiries, you can always hit us up headlocktalk at gmail dot com. Again, it's yep. headlocktalk at gmail dot com. Uh, or if you just need to get in touch with us, it's a pretty good way to do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else, Stephen? No, I mean, I just want to say I had a lot of fun recording this episode. I had a lot of fun. Uh, Watching Fighter Fest, mm-hmm. um, just just a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys listening because this is always fun for us. Yeah, absolutely. I had a lot of fun too here, man. And Fighter Fest was great. Uh, everybody, stay tuned. We've got a lot of crazy stuff going on next week. Is G One Week on Brain Buster Radio, and then of course, like I said, next Saturday, just follow the Headlock Talk Twitter. We're gonna have a lot of fun there on the road to G One in Dallas. Yep. So you guys stay tuned. Thanks again for listening. Lady, y'all. Ten years younger, we recommend Short North Dental for your whitening and brightening needs because nothing is sexier than a man with a great smile. Check out the newest gallery in the Arts District at shortnorthdental.com because dentistry has never looked this good. Zenny's Blocks lenses help to protect the eyes by keeping harmful blue light out. Because they're virtually clear, add blocks to any Zenny frame for stylish, all-day protection. Get a complete pair of prescription or non-prescription blocks glasses starting at just $24. Protect your eyes now at zenny.com.